podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What a fantastic goal that is from Derby! You're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County podcast. Thanks a lot for joining us as the nights draw in. Life is pretty tough for us right now. It's been a negative few weeks. We're restricted in what we can do and we're all paying the price right now for previous mistakes. And that's just Derby in the transfer window. Uh, A fourth league defeat in our first five games has continued Derby's terrible start to the season, punctuated only by that smash and grab win at Norwich and in a week where a tabloid report claimed Philip Koku's job would be under threat if we lost to Watford. Our patched up, undercooked, out of form Derby side having to suck it up through this grim October. Joining me after trudging back to the virtual car park minutes after that narrow Watford defeat is first team regular Richard Kutcher. What, what are you drinking tonight mate? Uh, I'm actually on the cups of tea and the water. I've got, I think I've got a heavy couple of days ahead of me, so uh, I'm, I'm detoxing on a Friday night. I was going to say you're a changed man, but you're just uh, preparing yourself for a, an onslaught yes. over the weekend. Yeah, d- digging in. Excellent. Um, I've got a new face on the pod. Uh, making his first team debut is uh, Robbie Jones. How are you, Robbie? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well, how are you? All right, yeah, yeah. It's good to have you on the pod. We'll uh, get to your credentials in a second but uh, don't forget Steve Limmer's Washing is partnered for the season with Derby Brewing Company Derby's original craft brewer and uh, as we kick off podcast 95 I've got a very important question for both of you Coach what tier are you in at the moment where, where you're recording from right now it's a very very personal question Chris uh, <laughs> I um, so I'm, as, as I think both people know I'm kind of moving about a little bit uh, between kind of family residences and, and, and the ramshack in Beckenham but I'm currently in uh, medium tier so in line with uh, national regulations in Stroud Gloucestershire but I am moving into high tier uh, next week uh, going moving to Kingston upon Thames uh, so yeah I'm chasing the coronavirus around the country currently I think uh, Robbie give us a uh... A bit of background about yourself then. Whereabouts are you based? And uh, and most importantly, what uh, current level of coronavirus government here are you enduring? <laughs> well, Derby born and bred, um, which is uh, both a good and a bad thing. Bad currently in a sense that Nottingham is literally breathing down our necks in terms of um, the COVID situation. So I think we're very close to going into the middle tier whatever the middle tier is but uh, from a good sense uh, living in derby it means that i've practically been injected with uh, being a rams fan since the age naught so uh, it's uh, it's been up and down as i'm sure it has been for a lot of derby fans um started uh, going to the matches around about six or seven years old my very first memory um, was watching one chop score a brace against Liverpool where we won 3-2 at Pride Park. Uh, such a brilliant, brilliant game. And I don't think football has ever lived up to it. Uh, I think it's been slightly downhill ever since. So, um, yeah, a, a, a good inception into supporting Derby County from a, a live perspective and uh, a season to get hold of for 15 years since. So, um, yeah, a lot of up and downs, like I said. 
you're not the first person of that approximate age to say that that it started well when you were a kid and it's got steadily worse ever since um and it's probably the same for me and Kutch as well i'm a i'm a tier two i'm a tier two guy in case you're wondering uh down here in uh, <laughs> in southeast london it hasn't really affected me that much i was going to go for a, a sunday roast at the pub with some mates on uh, on sunday but that now technically means that under the rules we can't do that indoors. So instead, we're still going for the roast, but we've booked like an outdoor table in the beer garden where it's going to be about 12 degrees. So such as my commitment to Sunday roasts that we're just going to like stick it out in, in, in winter coats outside. Gosh, I'm really concerned about your, your uh, Yorkshire puddings. They're going to go cold so quickly. Yeah, that is that is a worry, frankly. But I mean, it's a risk I'm willing to take. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I just don't care. You, you've got to take crumbs of comfort wherever you can. I feel right now. Um, Rob, Robbie was Robbie was saying, Chris, that uh, that he's uh, Derby being chased by Nottingham in kind of the alert levels. Does that mean we're we're on for a high alert Derby next Friday night? Is that a new thing in the in the football parlance? The Brian Clough slash East Midlands slash COVID slash Level Two Derby. Is that what? Yeah. Try yeah. fitting that. On, try fitting that on a screen, Sky Sports, <laughs> on a trophy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it starts engraving now. We might get it done by the time the match rolls around. Well, yeah, it's been a difficult start to say the least. Um we are just recording this minutes after the 1-0 home defeat to Watford. Uh, I had a really great intro lined up for if we had kept back-to-back clean sheets against relegated Premier League teams, but uh, a moment of magic from prodigious youth Jao Pedro where he bent one in the top bins in the last 20 minutes was a difference between the teams. Uh, yeah, not a great game, really. Uh, both teams setting up in a, in a relatively defensive way um, with back three slash back fives. Uh, but we all watched it. We all sat through it. Robbie, I'll start with you. A fair result, do you think? Is it fair to say that we didn't really deserve to lose, but we didn't quite do enough to win either? Yeah, I was I was li- a little bit gutted. I, I thought we deserved a draw, um, at least. Sky Sports, typical as usual, sort of favouring the opposition, uh, saying that Watford deserved it. I'm not too sure about that. I, I thought we, we played well. We played a lot better under that formation compared to the other games uh, throughout the season. So there was real progress. There was signs that, yeah, this five at the back or three at the back, however you want to call it, could really work for Derby. But we like we lack the cutting edge, the cutting edge that we've been wanting for, I think, a long time now. Kutch, I'm clutching massively at straws, but was this the least worst of the four defeats we've endured this season, would you say? Yeah, definitely the least worst. I mean, obviously, the Luton game, we had we had better uh, prospects going forward and we did create chances in that match. We did score a goal in that match, but we were such a, uh, you know, the, the, the same old defensive mistakes ruined that. Yeah, I thought this match was almost identical, really, to the, the Norwich game, other than Norwich uh, created a lot more and were a lot more threatening. Watford didn't really threaten that much either. As you both said, it was much of a much just between the two teams. I've got statistics in front of me. You know, Derby had nine shots on goal. They had eight. Derby, they both had one shot on target each. We both had three corners. We both committed 10 fouls and we had 53% possession and they had 47. So it was always going to be a nil-nil or a one-nil game either way. I think I think Robbie's right. I think, I think there is a, an element of progress in the sense that uh, we are looking solid. They that we don't look like getting break down easily. They are working hard for each other. I thought 
the defensive organization was a lot more apparent throughout. You could see players covering for each other. I thought Max Burge returned to the team was nothing special, but he looked quite at home. He was getting forward a little bit more. He was. I felt like Max Bird a few weeks ago had become a caricature of himself and that wasn't going very well. And actually what's happened now is that he seems to be getting on the ball a bit more and going forward with the ball a little bit more. I don't want to get too carried away there. But it was it was promising. And if you put, as we'll come on to, three or four first team injured players into that front four, then it's probably a very different Derby County team. Yeah, it could have been a lot different, I think. And when you look back at the game and some of the chances we had, we were talking about it on WhatsApp. I was, I was trying to make the case that we did just about enough to score, I think, and you weren't quite as convinced by that case. I think when you look at the Rooney chance, the chance that Dwayne Holmes had in the first half, and then the opening that Dwayne Dwayne Holmes had as well. Look, I think overall we got into more promising positions and had chances that we that we should have put away. And yeah, that Robbie the Wayne Rooney chance a few minutes after Watford scored. Um, I mean, I tweeted it myself like five years ago. You would have put your house and your grandma and your family and all your possessions <laughs> on uh, on England's all-time leading goal scorer. Careful, Chris. Sticking that one away. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he, uh, from a great Lawrence through ball, more on that later, we're just waiting for the net to bulge, but he couldn't do it. That was the big chance to get something from that game, really, wasn't it, apart from a slate free kick? Yeah, it was. And you could even say that the sound technician on Sky was uh, ready and waiting. I think he even pressed the button for the celebratory Derby County fans in the background. I thought that was in. I really, really did. And with what was five, ten minutes left to go in the game plus stoppage time, that was it. That was the chance to to grab a draw, to take the momentum forward into uh, the next few games. But yeah, he dragged it badly. Um, I, I don't know whether he was put off by the defender or not, but I still think at his age he should be put in that way. Yeah, I mean, it, that was the moment to, to get the equaliser. And there was a couple other moments as well. I, I thought Rooney actually looked almost 100% better than he did uh, in the game against Norwich in that roll-up front, which sounds odd because obviously he was the match winner against Norwich. But in terms of his all-round play, he was actually bringing players in. They were finding his chest. He was chesting balls down, a la Chris Martin. Obviously, watching YouTube videos of him in the international break. And he was bringing players into play. And he did actually, you know, he got on the end of that through ball. Uh, there were other moments where, you know, Dwayne Holmes should have played him in in the first half, which may have changed the game. I, I, I feel like I'm trying to, I'm being too positive for us because it, it wasn't a particularly exciting performance. It is a little bit concerning, but it also wasn't awful considering the, the tools available at Cockle's disposal. And if that Wayne Rooney that looked two years younger than he did two weeks ago is, is a sign of him getting back to back to his uh, his his last season's best, then that, that's also a, a good sign as well to cling on to. A couple of uh, couple of penalty shouts for both teams actually in that game, and the first one really wound me up, I must say, the one on Evans. On first instance, maybe a few parallels with the penalty he gave away against Norwich that, that Pookie missed. Um, I'm not going to claim that I know these new handball rules inside out, but uh, the consensus seemed to be that it definitely was a penalty, despite the fact that a Watford player absolutely twatted it at him from about a yard and a half away, and Evans did what any human being would do in that situation and sort of put his hands up from his waist roughly behind his head or about or behind his shoulders. I just, maybe it's just another example of what what technically is a penalty, but in terms of what humans do with their bodies, just doesn't really make sense. 
what do you make of it? And then there was the follow-up as well, of course, Robbie, of, of uh, Derby having a penalty shout, which I'm not really sure that was one either, to be honest. I, th- I don't think either of them were, but Sky, in their infinite wisdom, seemed convinced that Derby's, uh, Evans's definitely was a penalty and Watford's definitely wasn't, despite them looking eerily similar from where I was sitting. Yeah, and I, neither were penalties. And I think the referee was in a position where if he wasn't going to give the first one, then he's definitely not going to give the second. And with penalty shouts now, particularly with handballs, I kind of look at it with uh, almost uh, through the eyes of a VR, VAR referee, which is, would I be happy or would it be sad if that was given through VAR and we was playing in the Premier League? Uh, and the answer to both of them would be, actually, yeah, I'd be, I'd be a little bit pissed off because they're not clear cut. So I was kind of in agreement with a referee. It pains me to say that a little bit, but yeah, I was, I, I was in agreement with both of those. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd agree. I mean, I, I think, I think it's a good chance in the Premier League a couple of weeks ago that that George Evans ones would definitely have been given. Uh, I think that's that's for sure. They seem to have changed it a bit. And as Chris said, I'm not entirely uh, entirely clear. Tom's normally our, our man to 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 do us uh, bring us back to life on the on the old rules. And I think he said in the WhatsApp group he, he didn't think it was a. He didn't think it should have been a penalty. Uh, what what really worried me though was um, was after after we conceded uh, after that chance was blocked from Evans and it went out I think for a corner or for a throw in and they built again almost immediately from the left and they got into the box and I think they were trying to take on Burn or one of our midfielders and I was just like do not commit yourself to a tackle do not commit yourself because I was like if if there's any touch on this player and he goes down it's definitely going to be a penalty because it's just come after this massive appeal and that's why I packed about for the next two or three minutes was the referee trying to even it up I don't I don't think the one on I think it was cleverly what blocked it from Watford I don't think I don't think that was a penalty either that was even his hands were even more close to his body that would have been a travesty if that one had been given anything we could do about the goal do you think this uh, this prodigious 19 year old Jao Pedro um, from what I remember of the goal he got in quite a tight space. Yeah, not that much closing down, which I know Tom always hates. And if we asked him this, he would say, definitely, we could have done better. Evans does square him up, tries to close down the space, but he gets a little touch out his feet. And then from there, quite some shades of the goal that Ben Rama scored for Brentford last season, I, if I remember correctly. I'm going to put it and file it in the category of one of those goals that you can't really do that much about. There was three Derby players there, which is why I think he could have been closed down quicker. Derby actually only stepped off him for half a second, maybe. And then George Evans got tight again straight away. And it was just that half a second that allowed him to, to kind of get the shot off. I think maybe Derby could have been tighter, but I, 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 would, I would kind of agree with you, Chris. I'd file it away as a very, very good finish. Um, the, the, only, the, only, the only mitigating factor is that there were three players stood off him and one of them could have been tighter to him immediately. Oh, it, it, it really, really was. Uh, I would say that George Evans, he should have pressed better. But by better, I mean not faster, but just close the angle down. I, th- I thought it was very blatant what he was going to try and do, which is to curl it into the top corner. So for me, Evans needs to do better um, in that situation. Well, yeah, that was that was the winner. Before then, uh, as I said, I think Derby, Derby did have openings. What do make of Dwayne Holmes's? return to action uh he's, he's had a few minutes here and there but started today or in, in this game against Watford and um probably was on the end of Derby's best stuff in the first half it had a half decent chance in the first half from that quick turnover when Derby got possession uh, Rooney has played in 
pulled a, a fizzed a nice little pullback across the box. Holmes has space, but it is one of them where he's he's got really no real time to think and pick a spot. He's just got time to take a touch, and it needs like supreme technique to to bend it in the top corner from with players in front of him, the goalkeeper watching it all the way and having taken the ball down quickly from a good 22, 25 yards, uh, a pretty difficult chance. But the one that was frustrating was a few minutes later when, as I've said, we did see the best and worst of Dwayne Holmes, I felt. like How many times have we seen him get to that position where he gets the ball in tight to feet, like flicks it around a defender or plays it through a defender, just nips around him the other side in, in like, you know, in a blink of an eye, brings the ball up the pitch 15 yards and then makes a bad decision, like loses the ball or doesn't play the killer pass or or uh, doesn't play in the right person. It was just, maybe it's just rustiness from Holmes because he hasn't had that much game time recently. Or maybe it is just that that is not something that he really excels at, just playing that final <laughs> killer, killer ball where it matters in the final third. I, I wish he would. I wish he would try and find that final ball because I think we'd have a real quality player uh, on our hands. He's, he's such a good ball carrier. I, I think he's probably one of the best at the club and it really suits him sort of being in that half number 10, half midfield position where he can exploit the space between the defence and the midfield. What I would say about Dwayne Holmes is he's probably played about four or five different positions for Derby and probably the same amount under, under Philip Cocker. I think he's even played wing back before or full back when we had some real injury problems I can't quite remember he's he's got that quality I just I don't think he's being given the right break whether it's an injury or whether it's actually being played in the right role in this formation I think this really suits him if he can nail down that place uh, have a run of games I think we'll see a Dwayne Holmes that can assist from midfield but I'm looking at the wingers that are going to come back into this team and thinking, you're probably a bench player if you don't start to build a little bit of momentum in your season. Well, yeah, speaking of formations and, and the setup and whatnot, it has been a back five for the past couple of games now. We just had to quite clearly very much go back to basics after after Blackburn, um, which is what we did for Norwich. And it works, so we stuck with it. That's fair enough. Um what should both make of the shape? In this game, it was Evans uh, in the middle and Clark and Davis as the three. And then it seemed like a, a 5-4-1 when we were defending and a 3-4-3 a three, three almost when we were when we had the ball going forward. I mean, it's, it's not a pretty formation. Um, it's maybe not necessarily the formation that gets the best out of what we have at the moment, but it's probably... I guess the formation and makes the best use of, of what we do have, even if it's not completely effectual. I mean, Kutch, do you think it is like a long-term solution for the season? Do you see us setting up like this um, like long-term for the rest of the season? Because a back three is quite uh, is quite trendy in the championship this season, isn't it? Sky was saying, I think 10 teams are playing it at the moment or plays it, played it two weeks ago. You know what? After the Norwich game, I said uh, that it was obviously a very much a short war, particularly this kind of 5-4-1 formation was a, a very much a, a short-term 
solution while we you know put some desire and determination and organization and, and steel back into the team while we wait for the, the, the kind of the flare players and creative players to come back tonight though it did it did become a free four three when we had the ball and at times we did dominate possession quite a bit um there were periods of the game we did I mean, we didn't create as much but we were getting the ball forward we weren't just passing it around the back as we have done previously at the start of this season at, and at the end of last season and i'm actually now quite intrigued having actually built quite a um organized strong platform which we're not considering many chances maybe we did ride up we did ride like a tad against norwich in those first 20 minutes but i would i'd be generally intrigued to see that formation but with lawrence and Juzvek or ibe supporting a striker whether that's Rooney or Colin Kazim Richards or you know probably Martin Waggon really is the person that should be playing number nine when he's fit um I think that'll be really interesting then you've got people like Bird, Shinny, Knight and Bielik to compete for those those kind of two midfield positions so I think it could actually be a solution because you've suddenly given yourself a platform but we had enough of the ball tonight and we did almost create enough chances to suggest that with better players in those front forward positions we would create a lot of chances. How concerned are you right now, Robbie? I mean, on the one hand, we're starting 28 years, four defeats and five, barely any goals. But on the other hand, we have got, um, um, it's, we have to still bang on about it, several key players to come back. Bielik is scheduled to play for the 23s in about a week's time. So he's not far away. Jordan Ive is probably a couple of weeks away. Uh, Martin Waghorn is maybe a week or two away. And uh, Colin Kazim Richards, um, more on him later, is going to provide an option or a better shape to Koku's system. Um, of those players that I've just mentioned who have yet to feature this season, who do you think will make the biggest impression when they do come back? Because let's be honest, in a month's time, we could be fielding a very, very different team. Martin Waghorn, the only other person that can play up front. Um, I don't think he's the type of striker that Koku particularly wants in his preferred 4-3-3 formation we know the type of striker he wants it was Chris Martin so I think still having someone who's got an eye for goal who could probably put that chance away that Rooney had tonight would be good and I, I think with Baghorn as well he worked really hard for the team last season he scored he got in he got into double figures didn't he He's one that we really, really need to get back um, as soon as possible. But I don't think it's enough. I, I really don't. I'm starting to worry quite a lot that we're putting so much emphasis on the players that are going to come back. That's heaping pressure on them. We're playing a formation that isn't Koku's preferred formation. Uh, he's having to adapt to a league where I think he's still struggling. We're struggling with the physicality and it's all well and good saying that we're going to have all these wingers back, we're going to have some attacking threat. If that is still the case in 10 or 12 games time where we've only got three or four points, that's a big hole for those players to try and dig us out of. And we know what happens when you go on a losing streak. Uh, the look goes against you. And I'd just hate to see Jack Marriott at his new club overtake us. That's a real worry for me at the minute. Sorry to be so pessimistic. You'll, you'll fit right in here, Robbie, with that sort of attitude. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, no, it's realistic. It, it is realistic. Um, and, well, we'll talk about Jack Marriott a little bit more after the break. But uh, before we do that, we have um, there's a bit of light reading for you once you've digested this Watford defeat. So we've uh, published the latest in our series of the Rams Ladder over on stevebloomerswashing.com, which is uh, our little take on 
where we assess the squad being at the moment. And uh, I guess blogger for this one, Rams fan Simon Truckle, he has taken up the mantle of doing the Rams ladder on this one. It's basically a ranking of Derby's current squad from 1 to 23 in terms of who is the most important and most influential. So uh, check out our Twitter or, as I said, head over to steveblimmerswashing.com to give that one a read. Or you can give us a follow on social while you're there as well. We're on Instagram or Facebook at Steve Bloomers Washing, and we and we'll return in a second with those two lovely words: transfer window. Hi, I'm Dean Sturridge. Hi, I'm Paul Pesky Solido. Hi, I'm Curtis Davis, and you're listening to Steve Bloomers Washing. Dorigo, faced by Wes Brown, Powell, and there's Burton. Derby are doing it again. They're one of Manchester United's bogey sides. And Dion Burton has struck with 16 minutes to go. So the transfer window has uh, has slammed shut, as we uh, as the as we have to say, we're legally bound to describe it as. Plenty of late activity for Derby County. The most surprising of which was seeing Jack Marriott head out on loan to uh, Sheffield Wednesday for the rest of the season. Um, a couple of interesting little uh, asterisks on this deal. The first one being that we've extended his contract to 2022. And the second one being that we can recall him in January if needed. Coach, I'll start with you. I guess the simple question is, does this mean Jack Marriott's played his last game for Derby? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, the, the fact that he can be recalled and his contract's been extended by an extra 12 months shows that uh, that's definitely not guaranteed. I guess he could get recalled for two reasons. One is he absolutely has a stormer in in the first half of the season and we're desperate for goals. And so we obviously call him back as a, a nicely motivated, informed Jack Marriott. Or he's not playing at all, possibly, and, it, and it's not really going anywhere as a loan spell. Uh, we may well call him back for. Obviously, the, the the extra year on a contract just, I guess, gives Derby the opportunity to cash in if he has a good, you know, has a good season, uh, and and there's interest in in buying him, and he doesn't just go off on a free after having a, having a blind for Sheffield Wednesday for a season, which obviously would be particularly frustrating. So I think I think it makes a lot of sense. Look, he's he's not Philip Koku's type of striker. We, we've known that for a long time. He's never looked comfortable playing up front by himself. He didn't really ever look particularly comfortable playing up front by himself under Lampard, to be honest. So yeah, I, I think it's it's. I'm not surprised. Uh, for me, it's not the most surprising thing in the window. The most surprising thing was was Colin, but we'll come on to him. It, it's sad to see it turn out this way, but I, I feel like it's been coming for quite some time. Kutch has summed it up quite well there. It is it is sad. Um, it's a, a sad, sad situation as uh, as Elton John once said. I watched Rocketman recently. That's what I said in my head. It's a good uh, film. <laughs> it is a good film. I enjoyed it, but. Do you think it is good business really for Derby? Because we are looking at a player who basically had a really good spell literally two years ago now, but can only really play in a certain system. Isn't really that versatile. Obviously had a huge say in the playoffs against Leeds, but and has been uh, battling through back for injury since then. Um, but he hasn't really shown a huge amount at the start of the season to... To, to justify staying uh, that that might sound harsh I know he scored against Luton how do you feel about it being sent out yeah I think it captured it perfectly with the Elton John lyrics it is a really sad uh, situation because Marriott is a fan's favourite people want him to to succeed because he just looks like the character of a striker that you want in your side so um, 
I, I was very sad to see him leave. But actually, I think that's a really good move for Jack. Obviously, I don't know the ins and outs of the club, but if you know that Derby are after a striker in the window and you're just playing by default because there's no one else available to play the number nine role, then it must be quite disheartening to be in that situation. So I'm quite pleased that he has gone to Sheffield Wednesday. I really hope that he goes on a really good scoring spree. He kind of finds his feet there um, and um, yeah, does well. We don't want to verge into uh, Max Lowe's Sheffield United territory here, Kutch, but there were what some people interpreted as some interesting comments from Mario in his um, first interview with Wednesday, where he said he was uh, relieved to be there. And when he was asked about his playing style, he said he likes to run in behind. I think you probably are reading too much into it, but you take do you take any of that as being a little bit of a subtle dig at us not playing to his, to playing to his strengths and maybe Koku's style of, of Koku's football philosophy and training, or is it just like the generic sound bites that you expect a, a player to, to say when they sign for someone new? Yeah, it's pretty generic sound bites, I think, to be honest. I mean, it's hard to... It's, I'm always am- amazed that people find anything of interest come out of those kind of kind of join the... You know, they, they come off the back of a, a template, which is you know almost familiar in most football manager games, those kind of comments, to be honest. So I'm not really... Don't read read too much into it. I, I'm sure he is relieved. I think that's probably a fair comment, as as Robbie kind of outlined. I'm sure he is relieved to be at a club that wants him, and and I have a manager that wants him, and I presumably wants to play him as as part of a system. You know, cock, he was he was a square peg in a round hole. Um, in terms of running in behind, that's just a fact. He does want to do that, and, and Derby don't really offer that for their strikers at the moment. So, yeah, not really worried about it. Yeah, good luck to him. I, I do hope it goes well for him. Sheffield Wednesday shouldn't be a competitor. If they are, then we'll be in trouble this season. So hopefully he, he, he scores some goals for them and we can maybe reassess the situation in January or the summer. Well, if you get to a point where Jack Marriott scores the goals that take Sheffield Wednesday, who started the season at minus 12, above us, then that is undoubtedly literally a low point in that season. I really hope we don't have to end up watching, watching that happen. Uh, one deal that didn't quite come off was Derby's reported interest in Harry Wilson, who doesn't need any introduction to Derby fans. 18 goals under Lampard from midfield, then went back to Liverpool, then went back to Bournemouth. Didn't really put up any trees there, but then was being touted out by Liverpool for a loan. Derby were apparently interested. Uh, Phil Koku said he's a fantastic player, but it was unlikely we were going to get him. And he's ended up at Cardiff. Uh, They are the ones who have, according to The Athletic and uh, the local paper in Wales, have stumped up a £1.2 million loan fee to Liverpool and they're reportedly paying some or all of Wilson's 60 grand a week wages. So, look, these are the numbers. This is what we're looking at. It's a £1.2 million loan fee. He's on 60 grand a week. So, over the course of the season, that's another £1.8 in wages. So... What Derby would have been doing is paying three million pounds minimum for a player who isn't ours, wouldn't have any resale value, and would have to give back again in May unless we're willing to stump up fifteen million, which is what Liverpool apparently wanted for a minimum. I mean, I, look, I love Wilson as much as next man, um, you know, when he was under Lampard, but with those numbers, Kutch, and given that we've already spent significantly on Josviak's transfer fee and Ibe's wages who are players in a similar position and I imagine 
eye, but it's probably on a decent wage, even if he hasn't played for a while for Premier League Bournemouth. It's not really hard to see why Derby stepped away from that deal from uh, for Harry Wilson, is it? Yeah, we would have all loved it if it had come off. I, w- I was pretty excited about it. I got a bit carried away, I think, a day ago and uh, made myself look silly uh, by thinking it was going to happen. It, it does make sound sense not to do it if those numbers are correct and there's no reason to believe they're not correct. We've got options in those kind of those kind of front three positions and wing positions. I mean, arguably, right side midfield actually still is a problem because Ivan, Juzvek and Lawrence all want to play from the left. So you do probably have a, an issue with the right-hand side. Uh, Waghorn, if that means Waghorn's going to be playing centrally particularly. So it probably is the wise thing not to spend £3 million on a player that isn't ours and isn't going to be ours. I think there probably would have been some kind of guaranteed fee if we got promoted, but you'd probably take that <laughs> if he helped you get promoted. So yeah, good good luck to him at Cardiff. I think he'll be a fantastic addition to their team and he will, will guarantee you at least 10 goals uh, a season, I, I'd imagine. So good luck to him. But yeah, real real shame that we're not going to see him a Derby shirt. But yeah, just to add, sorry, Chris, lastly on that, the... Derby didn't want to pay more than a million pounds by the sounds of it for Serdar Dusan, the Turkish striker uh, from uh, Damstadt. So why would you spend three million pounds on, 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 on a player that isn't going to be yours? Robbie, it would have been nice. None of us can really deny that. Uh, there's The sentimentalists in all of us can recognise how much fun it would have been to see Harry Wilson banging in goals from all over the shop. But I've spoken to Bournemouth fans who weren't that really enamoured with how he performed down there and Kutch has touched on it there how many other players we have in a similar mould did we actually need Harry Wilson in the first place? No uh, not at all I think we had plenty of options um, with Jordan Ibe and, and with Joss React to, to come back in yes I know players like that they, they prefer to come play on the left wing and, and, and cut inside but I think that eventual front th- front three behind the striker will be interchangeable which means that there wouldn't be space for Wilson uh, in the starting eleven, and he'll probably make the subs bench. But you're not going to spend that amount of money to sit someone like that on the bench. So um, I, I was a pragmatist throughout it. I thought he wasn't going to come just because of the numbers uh, of the squad, let alone the numbers to make the deal happen. Yeah, he was a great player. I think he was hampered at Bournemouth last year because he was just in a relegation and a negative vibe of a side that was ultimately um, really, really struggling and, and came down to the championship. So what he had under Lampard was freedom, freedom to do what he wanted to do. If he came to Derby now under Koku, who runs a more methodical way of playing football, I still think he would have struggled. Yeah, well, that's, that was one deal that didn't happen. Uh, but... And how about this for a curveball? One deal that did happen. I don't know where to start with this. Um, come on, come on, say the words, let's, say the words. Let's, let's unleash CKR. Um, Derby have signed 34-year-old free agent Colin Kazim Richards. I, I mean, I can't really touch on the fact that we let a 31-year-old or 32-year-old Chris Martin go with a good championship goal record and apparently replaced him with 34-year-old Colin Kazim Richards, who has managed double figures in goals for a club once in his entire career. But here we are. I guess more than anything, it is just an indication of where we are at the moment. Um, We weren't prepared to go over the odds to offer Martin a ridiculous deal to stay. We had to look at what was out there instead. This is who we've we've come back with, and it's a player who well, he's I mean he's well travelled if nothing else. Um, after leaving Sheffield United in 
2007, uh, Kolkaz, that's what I'm going to call him, um, has been to Turkey, then France, then back to Turkey, Greece, Holland, Scotland, Brazil, and Mexico. Coach, what was your immediate reaction when you learned of the news of this signing? Uh, I was surprised he was still uh, playing. I hadn't heard about him for three or four years, to be honest. <laughs> Did you see the tweet of someone who said they thought he was um, he'd been replaced by a championship manager regen by now? Yeah, exactly. He probably <laughs> uh, probably should have been. Um, I mean, I, I don't I don't want to be too harsh because you know he's got a derby shirt on now, and I think we all wish him well and we want him to play well. I mean, there's there's lots of angles you can take here. I mean, I was reading. I saw our friends over at Derby County blog put out uh, a link to a story from the Guardian from 2017, and I and I read that story. It was a really nice interview with with Colin Kazim Richards when he was in Brazil at Corinthians, and it, and he came across really really well. You know, he kind of made his point that he doesn't see himself as a journeyman. Is that he's had this amazing career. He's lived in all these different countries, as as you've mentioned, and he said how he was loving playing for Corinthians. I was thinking, wow. I mean, he's playing it. Corinthians is a is a extremely famous, you know, huge pressure club to play for in in Brazil, one of the most famous teams in the world, to be honest. And I thought, okay, well, if 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 the fans love him, which is what the article was saying, that's brilliant. And he was saying he had this massive rapport and he could see himself staying there. And then this was 2017, and so I thought, oh, let me look up how that went on. He played. I'm just double checking it now. He played 15 games for Corinthians. So it's not like, he, like if you'd read the story and didn't put it in that context, you would have thought he was some huge success there. I mean, what what I would like to say, though, is everyone makes a big deal out of his lack of goals. And yeah, you look down on his statistics and you say he scored double figures once in his whole career. He's very rarely got above five in a season, it looks like. Um, but you don't sign for that many quite big clubs, Galatasaray, Fenerbahce, Celtic, Feyenoord, Corinthians. You don't sign for that many big clubs with that poor goal record if you don't obviously have something else about you. And as we've said, that's what Derby want. That's what Cocky wants from a striker, someone to bring players in, put himself about a bit. He's got a big physical presence, which Derby are crying out for. As Robbie said, the striker Cocky wanted was Chris Martin. I would be very interested to hear an honest answer from Mel Stephen Pearce and Philip Koku is if they think they took the wrong gamble when they thought they could get better than Chris Martin for a cheaper price or a younger version of him because it hasn't turned out that way. I wish Colin Kazim Richards all the best. He could be a useful a useful presence, but it looks like Martin Wagon should be the, the kind of first choice number nine. Cole Kaz is, is catching on the nickname now. Initially, I was incredibly sceptical. Um, the equivalent of Mel Morris pushing the panic button realising that there wasn't enough strikers around and uh, that was sort of the last one on the shelf. It's a really cynical way of looking at it, but just like a lot of people, I kind of forgot he existed. Um, But digging into a couple of articles, watching uh, the video on the Derby County website as well, I kind of got a really good feeling about him. Uh, I don't know about his football credentials, whether he'll be able to fit this mould of a striker that Koku's so really wants and, and pursues but um what i liked about him was his his element of work for the team and almost being the bully up front who's going to stick up for for younger players around him i got a real sense of someone who's who's just going to run through a brick wall and you know give the defenders a bit of a clip around the ankles when they need it um derby have always lacked a player like that since well chris martin left so we've all decided that if it goes well, he could be the the potent mix of Steve Howard and Chris Martin and Shefki Kucci and 
any of a generic target uh, target man I can think of. I mean, yeah, if Greg Wozniak, yes, yeah, wise. Well, he's never Greg Wozniak. No one, no one reaches those lofty <laughs> levels. Um, look, if if we're being positive about this, I think if Kazim Richards goes the whole season and only scores what like another three goals, as he has done for most of his career. But as Robbie said, if he's the player who bullies centre backs, pulls players out of position stands up for the rest of the other lads uh, is something to aim aim for on those lo- a lot of those long balls that we were trying against Watford, for example, like to Dwayne Holmes of all people or to Rooney. Um, and, you know, I mean, I saw a little bit of him in training and he's not, he doesn't look for like a, a physically big player who's 34. He doesn't look like a complete slouch, um, <laughs> is what I would say. Although I was, I was basing that on just one, three second clip of him running after a ball in training so look I don't know how it's going to work out but as you've said there coach there must be some logic behind it he's played for big clubs he's been around and he's a player for a system look he's um he's not a marquee signing which is what we have gone after in previous years he is very much a round peg for a round hole even if it's not a very glamorous hole <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. I'm going to stop myself there. Someone else say something. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, let's let's wait and see. I, I don't think he's going to be the number nine every week and every midweek match. Uh, look, when Martin Waghorn's fit, he has to be the one that nails down that position. I mean, that, Martin Waghorn has got the chance to nail down the number nine position when he has often been you know, shunted out wide um in the past uh, when we have when we've had other strikers at the club like chris martin let's get behind the lad he could do us a job i'm surprised he wasn't on the bench to be honest tonight because he's obviously apparently been training with the club for for, for two weeks now some someone said maybe it was only one week so we've had a good look at him it's interesting though how do how what do you read into that robbie because he's been training at the club for two weeks they could have signed him a week ago right if he was if he was the first choice yeah and this is the story of derby's transfer window for me which is They've played the waiting game really badly. Uh, they've waited for Chris Martin to sign a contract, and he hasn't. They've tried to wait for other strikers to get in on loan, and that's not worked. They've tried for Harry Wilson for, well, two years now, and that's not worked either. So um, I, I, I kind of find it a little bit disappointing. Um, Derby could have quite easily just, I'm sure, he's, he's not on the biggest contract in the world. You could have at least brought him in anyway. But I, I still think... He, he can become talismanic, uh, just like uh, Junior from George Burley days and uh, from Nigel Clough. Um, who would be talismanic? Theo Robinson, maybe? Well, Robbie, <laughs> I think we're really stretching the definition of <laughs> talismanic with that one. But, you know, look, it's your first pod. I'll let you have it. Um, but we did put this one out to you guys on Twitter in our uh, regular Your Shout feature. Coach, you've been working on something special for this, haven't you? Well, yeah, you were very inspirational with your with your impromptu jingle a couple of weeks ago, and I've uh, been working with yourself, Tom, uh, and some uh, and, and a renter crowd, and uh, let's see what it's got for us. Your shout! I love it. I absolutely love it. It's just it's, it's like I'm there. I mean. Who needs to let fans back in when you can listen to podcasting gold like that? That's sensational. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, so we put it out to you. Five words to sum up Derby's transfer window. Uh, James Allen said, no one to score goals. Paddy O'Mahony, he tweeted us to say, put faith in the system. 
Uh, ben Wright said, positive, address failings in January. Rich Calder, he said, how long till January, please? <laughs> Different take on that one. Uh, Nav Sidhu, regular listener, he said, Wiskint, calm down, everyone. That's a fair point. Steve Onamadram on Twitter, not quite as positive. We're heading to League One, apparently. Uh, what else we've got here? Uh, ben Lavender said, Waghorn can do the job. Uh, Tim on Twitter, he said, England's leading goal scorer, step up. Fair point. Jimmers, he tweeted us to say, a long few months ahead. Mark Coote said, not bothered, we got Ibe. Uh, Rudders on Twitter said, great window, Koku masterclass incoming. Quite the uh, divergence of opinion on... Uh, a, lot of, a lot of syllables in that one as well. Good work one. on the number yeah. of syllables. Dominic Harrison said, defence great, who needs strikers? Uh, tire on Twitter said, in Big Phil, we trust. Callum tweeted us to say, promising start, but fell off. And uh, Cy on Twitter, last one said, no money, hands are tied. So, um, yeah, sorry we couldn't read them all out, but yeah, we got a, a bit of a deluge of replies on that one. Uh, we'll try and read some more out for the next Your Shout. Any excuse to use that jingle again. Uh, but uh, we're going to wrap it up for this episode. Before we do, uh, I've got a question for both of you chaps, Kutch and Robbie. I'm, uh, I'm in a car. Just imagine I'm in a car by myself or with a member of my household slash bubble. I am driving from Pride Park Stadium to somewhere else. I've been driving for uh, three hours and 17 minutes. The question is, and jump in if you think you know the answer, where am I? Catch. Go on. Uh, St. James's Park. St. James's Park is the wrong answer. Robbie, care to take a stab in the dark? Somewhere in Wales. (laughs) Gonna need a bit more specifics than that, mate. Okay. (laughs) Swansea. The country of Wales. Uh, Swansea (laughs) is incorrect a second clue for this one is uh, the ground i am at has a capacity of twenty thousand six hundred and twenty catch go on medeski stadium no it's twenty four thousand i should have known that <laughs> the madstad is incorrect robbie can you steal it no <laughs> you're not really taking this game in the spirit it was intended if, if, if i'm honest <laughs> yeah yeah i um I, take a punt I, mate I, take a punt i'm going somewhere in the midlands um it's three it's three hours away robbie three hours sorry <laughs> I, i'm going in. right i'm going back to wales hold on a second um I, i'm if it's not swansea then surely cardiff cardiff is incorrect i'm afraid <sighs> clue number three uh, let's see. Um, I'm on the wiki page for this ground. Since its inception, this ground has become affectionately nicknamed the Old Girl by its supporters. And they're going to throw in an extra half of a clue. Bloody hell, I've never heard that. In recent years, the away end was completely uncovered until, I'm going to completely guess, about 15 years ago. God, we need Tom here for this one. This is really uh, difficult. Oh, uh, Portman Road. Portman Road is a good guess. Not Portman Road. Not Portman Road. I'm thinking of the oh, other mate, team in blue down south. It's, you've said it Bloody now. Hell. you said it. It's not Portman Road. Robbie. But I'm right, aren't I, what I'm thinking of. Have Norwich. Norwich. No, no. It's Nor- Kutch. <laughs> Kutch. This is chaos. Norwich is incorrect. I'm going to give you another clue. you got to jump in after the clue. The clue is... 
this club has a famous fan who is known for Cut. Um, <laughs> being topless and Cut. looking like a blue and white cretin. Cut. <laughs> Frat Fra- Fra- and Park. Frat and Park is correct. Ah. <laughs> God, that was painful. When I, when I said Portman Road, I was thinking Pra I was thinking Portsmouth and I was thinking Fratton Park. And as soon as I said Portman Road, I realised I was saying the wrong Yeah, crucially, ground. the wrong words came out of your mouth though, didn't they? But you yeah, got there yeah, in the end. Yeah, yeah well nothing oh, came oh. out of my mouth, so yeah. Well done. Uh, Thank you very much, Robbie. It was tough. It was tough. <laughs> Kutch takes it. Um, Kutch takes the who I on this occasion. On a great run. And uh, we're going to leave it there for this episode for Podcast 95. We're going to return after Forest. Whatever nightmares that may or may not bring. Uh, hopefully we'll have a slightly fitter and better first team squad. But uh, Robbie, what have you made of it? You, you're willing to join us again? You haven't been too scarred by the podcasting experience to uh, to come on again and no. enjoy this uh, Derby County season? Not at all. It's been uh, it's been fantastic. Fantastic to have a, a bit of a rant. And um, I've got to at least come back to have another go at the quiz because that was just shambolic from me. Mm, it was poor. I've really got more to offer. Kutch, good to hear from you as always. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, Chris. See you soon. See you soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye.